Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I know a lot of people might not like this one because it's a lot of paranormal stories, but I feel like it's a good change with all the essay stories I've been doing lately. And if I'm being honest, I really do want to take a break from all the essay stories. So I hope you still give this one a chance. Also, I've already recorded for my Halloween video. It'll be here on Monday. I hope you all have a great weekend. And remember, if you have a scary story you want to share with me, you can send any kind of story you have to southerncannibal.com. And without further ado, let's get into the video. And remember, to always stay hungry. I don't know how many people out there will actually believe anything I have to say, but to this day, the following events still scare and baffle me. In Mexican culture, paranormal activity isn't a hard thing to believe, so my family believed me when I told them what happened, because they've all had similar experiences. When I was around 14, I'd slept over at my cousin's house, who we'll call Maritza, and we always joked around that her apartment that she lived in at the time was haunted, but the joke stopped after the sleepover we had. I had sat across from her on her younger sister's bed. They had shared a room, and on this weekend, her sister happened to be at a friend's house for a sleepover too. We were talking and joking around like normal teenage girls. We played with her dog as well, and her dog had climbed into the bed with her. She had a chair in the middle of her room, in between the beds, and as we talked, her dog barked at the chair, and when we turned to look, we could have sworn we saw the chair going up and down for a split second. It had moved up and down, but not too far off the ground, just like half an inch at most. It was late, so you can say we imagined it, but things did get stranger. Later we fell asleep, and I'm sleeping in her sister's bed facing the wall with my back turned to her. I wake up in the middle of the night and feel sleepy, but I can feel a presence behind me, laying with me. Now at first, I thought it was her dog, but her dog at the time was a small puppy, and this presence felt like a large body, almost like a human was next to me. It couldn't be my cousin, because we're both four foot nine and always have been. This body felt tall and heavy. I had felt it weigh that part of the bed down a bit, and it couldn't have been my aunt or uncle because they're not that much taller. I freak out, and I wrap the blanket over my face and convince myself it's just a dream, and eventually, I'll fall back to sleep again. In the morning, I then tell Maritza what happened, and she looks shocked thinking it has something to do with the chair that we saw move. Well, we later have breakfast, and I tell her mom about it. My aunt then says that she believes what we say and felt, because according to her, just a couple of weeks ago, she experienced the same thing. She said that she was laying in her room late at night, and my cousins were asleep, and that she was waiting for my uncle to come home from work. She heard the front door open, and she was certain it was my uncle. As a joke, she wanted to lay under the covers and wait for him to come in and then pop out at him. So she laid under the covers, and she then heard her bedroom door open 
and she felt a heavy presence sit down beside her. She said she got chills and had an ominous feeling that this wasn't her husband. It felt like someone was sitting right beside her, and she then started praying silently, but the presence didn't budge. She was scared, and she didn't know what to do. She didn't know what she'd see if she emerged from the covers. Well, a few minutes later, she hears the front door open yet again, and then footsteps and her bedroom door open. She then hears my uncle's voice then say, You cold? You look like you're shaking really bad under those covers. About two years later, my cousin and her family moved out of that apartment, and we've never had any experiences like that since. Like I said, I don't know how many people will believe me, but to this day, I still really wonder what that presence was. My name is Sid. This happened pretty recently, about a month ago. I was going to a carnival with my friends, Kevin, Hunter, Lexi, and Naru. We were excited to go to this carnival. I won't be naming it though for personal reasons. We split up and I went with Hunter and the others went together. Me and Hunter went on a lot of rides. When we were going to another ride, I had noticed someone in a clown costume staring at us. I thought it was pretty creepy, and so did Hunter. We ignored him, and we thought he was just some mascot. Fast forward. We met up with the rest of the group, and we decided to go home to have our sleepover. It was getting late after all. We were walking to my house, until Lexi then mentioned a creepy clown watching her, as well as the others. My heart dropped. I had asked her to describe how he looked. She told me all of the features he had. Me and Hunter told her that the same clown had stared at us too. We had all agreed that it was pretty creepy. Now we walked through the woods to get to the carnival. So walking back home at night in the woods is pretty fucking scary. We had heard a crunching from behind us. I looked back and was terrified when I then saw the same clown from before watching us walk home. I screamed in the group to run and I've never ran so fast in my life. We eventually made it to my house and I locked the door and then fell on the couch. By the way, we were home alone. Did the clown follow us home? I thought. Hunter then peeked through the window and fell back. He told us that the clown was hiding behind a tree. I then saw everyone turn pale. We all just ran upstairs and then hid in the bathroom. We were probably in there for hours. I eventually drifted off to sleep. Well, it was eventually morning time, and I woke up and saw that the others were sleeping as well. I woke up Hunter, and I asked him to come downstairs with me to see if the guy broke in. We grabbed a screwdriver, you know, just in case. I scanned everything in the house to see if anything was tampered with or stolen. Unfortunately, nothing was. But on my back door, there was a note. I'm always watching. I still have that note, and I'm really scared the clown will come back one day. But I really hope he doesn't. When I was in high school, 
about the time my friends and I got our driver's license. I was invited to stay the night at a friend's house, whose parents were out of town and not getting back until late that night. We all had cars and we had the house all to ourselves, but no real plan for the night. One person suggested that we all drive down to the local shopping center to see if we could find something to do or find some people to prank in some way. This was by far the nicest neighborhood in the city I grew up in, so we weren't expecting to be around anybody too sketchy and felt like causing some trouble in a super ritzy area would result in the cops being called at the worst. Once we drove around for about an hour, we decided to get a couple of dozen eggs and figure out what to throw them at after. As soon as we pull out of the parking lot, somebody in the car rolls down their window and then throws an egg at an oncoming car. Immediately, the car turned around and began to chase us as the driver stepped on the gas and got on the freeway. This car followed, and we both got up to speeds over 100 miles per hour. At this crazy speed, the other car pulls up next to us, and the passenger hangs out the window with what looked like a 12-inch or longer hunting knife and began trying to slash the tires. Luckily, he missed and was only able to stab the body of the car. The speed lasted for about three or four minutes and about five miles before the car got in front and started slowing down as to trap us. As soon as the car passes an exit, we darted off that exit, and then shortly, one of the people in our car who was familiar with the area then began screaming, This is a dead end! At this point, we were expecting to have to confront these people because they definitely knew which exit we took, and this exit literally led to a dead end, which still made no sense to me. We got to the end of the road, and the driver tried to turn around while still traveling way too fast, and we ended up sliding off the road and into a field, and the car was stuck, but none of us wanted to get out of the car. We all just sat there anticipating the worst, and agreeing we would all need to get out, and then attack the person with a knife, as we far outnumbered them, and we were some pretty stupid 16-year-olds. We sat there panicking, all talking over each other for about five minutes, before headlights started coming our way. The headlights ended up stopping and turning around, as we had slid way off the road, and we had turned off our car to try and stay hidden. After about five more minutes, we got out of there as fast as we could, and luckily, the car was able to be pushed out of the field, and we then got back in fairly easily. Once we got back to the house we were staying at, we were all just hugging each other, and just staring at the knife marks left on the side of the car. Thankful those weren't in the tires. I'm still not sure if that car didn't see us when we were stuck at the dead end, or if they had enough time to think about what they were going to do, and just made the decision to let it drop. But that was the last time me or my friends ever threw an egg at anything. If I had one piece of advice for anybody young out there, it's that you never know who you're messing with. The story I'm about to share happened at a small house in Royalton, Illinois in 2010. You can call me Yell. I was 20 years old, and I'm a female. My boyfriend who I'll call T and I went to spend the night with two friends. The friends were a married couple, M and C. 
We drank a little, joked around, played video games, etc. We mostly just stayed in the living room. You could see right into the kitchen from there. During the whole evening, we kept seeing something move in the shadows in the kitchen, but only from the corner of our eyes. When you'd actually look over there, there was nothing every time. Later, T and I were laying in the bed in the guest room. We heard a light knock on the wall right above our heads. There was no way someone could have been on the other side of the wall to knock, by the way. T knocked on the wall, too. After about a minute, two knocks came back. Our slightly drunk selves just giggled, and we went on knocking back and forth for a bit. Then we went to sleep. It was a non-eventful night after that. A couple of weeks later, we all decided to get together again at MNC's house. We saw the usual, just out of our vision shadows, in the kitchen throughout the evening. At one point, we were standing there, talking about the weird things that happened in the house, when this hat on the floor next to us turned all by itself. We all saw it and looked down. There was no wind or anything, so we assumed it was just our ghostly friend. Everyone was a little freaked out. I said something like, It's just a ghost. It can't hurt us. And we continued on with our evening. This time T and I slept in the living room. I was on the couch, and he made a pallet on the floor for more space. I was suddenly awakened by a loud knock on the wall, right next to my head. My eyes shot open, and I soon realized I couldn't move anything but my eyes. I looked around in a panic, seeing nothing. Then, it felt like something very heavy was being slowly lowered onto my chest. It was hard to breathe, and it started to hurt. It felt like some kind of presence was right there, looming over me, staring at me. I still saw nothing. I decided I needed to do something. So with every ounce of strength I could muster, I fought against the sleep paralysis and then ripped myself out of that state. It all stopped then. I didn't feel that presence anymore or feel like I was being watched. I quickly laid on the floor with T, cuddling up to him, and then just stared out into the darkness, all wide-eyed until morning came. I had never experienced sleep paralysis before then, and never have since. I really think I offended that ghost by saying not to worry about it. Please, everyone, do not taunt spirits. My mom and I lived in an upstairs two-bedroom apartment in South Redondo Beach, California. Let me give you the layout. The downstairs had two one-bedroom apartments, one on the left and one on the right. In the middle was my mom and I's apartment that had a front door and stairs leading up to our apartment on the top floor. The place was amazing and beautiful, built in 1910, and it was renovated to be three apartments and one house. If you've ever lived in a very old house, you know that old house smell. I always loved it. Little did my mom and I know, though, that it was haunted. The first sign was on the first week of being moved in. I had lost my apartment key. I dropped it on the stairs and literally spent four months of trying to find it. I looked on every step top to bottom and bottom to top. Nothing. 
It wasn't even a brass or silver key either. It had football team colors on it. Gold and navy blue, I think. I finally found it four months after I dropped it. And guess where it was? On the third step from the bottom floor. You could say I just missed it. But my mom and I even searched the steps over and over for four months and we couldn't find it. Even my friends tried helping me look for it and we couldn't find it. Oh well, I guess. At least I found it. That was the first thing that was really weird. The second thing was after we moved in, we would hear footsteps in the attic, walking around and pacing back and forth. Both my mom and I are into the paranormal, but at first, we thought someone was up there walking. I got a flashlight, opened the fold-out door to the attic, and went up there to check it out. Nothing. Nobody was in there, and the footsteps stopped. That was our first encounter with who we later found out was Mary. Over the next few days, everything was normal. Not a sound in the attic, and we were happy living there. Back then, I used to smoke a lot of pot and cigarettes, but I kept noticing something. My lighters, pot, and pipes were all disappearing. I would look for them everywhere and couldn't find them. So I eventually went out and bought more lighters, pipes, and pot. A couple of weeks later, I found my lighters and pipes in my clean clothes. Um, okay, I thought. Someone's messing with me. I asked my mom if she took my lighters and hid them, and she denied ever moving them. No biggie. After a couple of more days, my mom talked to our landlord and said, I didn't want to tell you this before you moved in because I didn't want to scare you, but your apartment is haunted. An older woman named Mary lived there years ago, and she had a heart attack and died in the downstairs apartment. I don't know why, but she always loves it in your apartment. When my mom told me that, things at the apartment started making more sense. The footsteps in the attic, the things missing and then reappearing, and just all started to fit. After that, whenever we came home or left, we always said, Hey Mary, I'm home. Or, See you later Mary. I think what she loved the most is whenever I played The Wind Cries Mary by Jimi Hendrix and how I would always dedicate it to Mary and say the song is for you Mary or I dedicate the song to you Mary and then start playing it for her. I think that made her feel good and made her feel like she was part of our family. One night my mom and I were watching TV in the family room and we had heard something metal crash and slide on the kitchen floor almost all the way to the wall on the other side of the kitchen. It was maybe about six feet away. We got up and looked. It was a single clean spoon. My mom said, Mary, what's wrong? No answer, but that's not where the story of Mary ends. So I had had a bunch of my friends over one night for a sleepover. Well, one of my friends said, Mary tried to pull my socks off last night. She kept pulling on them, and I kept pulling back until she stopped pulling on them. Why she wanted my friend's socks? Maybe she was trying to say, take your socks off and get comfy, but I don't know. Another night, my mom went to bed, and I was watching TV. I think I was watching the 90s or all that, which is now Nick Rewind. 
but I remember seeing a shadowy-like figure out of the corner of my left eye. I slowly looked into my left, and the shadowy figure booked it into the kitchen, and I then jumped up and ran after it, then saying, Wait, hold on! And it opened the back door to the balcony, closed it, and I opened the back door and looked around, and nothing, just a slight breath of wind on my face. I just wanted to tell it, I wasn't going to hurt you. Every day we would hear footsteps in the attic, and that just became a normal thing, so we got used to it. One night we heard a bang from the attic, and scuffling, as if Mary had found someone who she didn't like, and my mom came out of her room, and I just looked up at the attic from the family room, and we started saying, Yeah Mary, get him. Beat the shit out of him. It was like hearing a ghostly boxing match without the crowd and announcers. Then it stopped. My mom then said, Mary, did you win? Stomp on the floor twice if you won. And what do you know? We heard two loud stomps. Mary wasn't bad at all. She was more like a mother figure than anything else. However, one night when I was coming home from hanging out with my friends, I got a text message from my mom saying, Please tell me you're home. At the time, it was about a block away from home, so I thought to myself, Uh, it's 1am. My mom goes to sleep around 8pm. Something's up. I told my friends and we looked at my mom's room window and our lights were on. I had asked my friends to stay there for a minute just in case something happens and we need help. They agree. So when I opened the door and went upstairs, then saying, Mom, I'm home. Are you okay? It seemed like she appeared at the top of the banister out of nowhere, kind of like in a movie or something with tears in her eyes and a look on her face like, Holy fucking shit. My mom then said, Please tell me that was you. Um, no, I just got home. Why, what's wrong? I replied, Well... She looked at her room door with fright and continued. I was in bed sleeping, and I woke up to the door handle jiggling like someone wanted to come in. I thought it was you, so I said come in, and there was no answer. The jiggling kept getting louder and louder and more violent, like let me in this room right now kind of violent. I jumped out of bed and held the door handle and put all my weight into the door to stop it from opening. I was about to give up when it just stopped. I opened the door and nobody was there. I thought you were playing a trick on me, but you really just came home? Holy shit, I had the same expression as my mom. I didn't need to look in the mirror to know that. Yeah mom, I literally just came home. My friends are out in the car just in case you needed other people to help, I said. My mom broke down crying then saying, Thank you. You're welcome, Mom. It's okay. Let me text my friends and let them know everything's okay. And so I did, and they were glad. After they left, my mom and I heard loud footsteps in the attic, and my mom just yelled, Mary, that wasn't funny. Please don't do that again. And I think that was the last scary thing to really happen. Of course, we kept hearing the footsteps in the attic, and walking up the stairs from time to time. We also felt someone's hand on our shoulders from time to time, but that was really it. Eventually we moved out and back into our three-story house, 
but my mom and I still talk about it to this day. Later on, we learned that our downstairs neighbor eventually moved out after she met Mary. We don't know exactly what happened, but apparently Mary scared the shit out of our neighbor as she didn't like the paranormal. 